What's up, everybody? It is Casey with Two Worlds Podcast. And with me, as always, it's the Matthew McGuire to my Peter McGuire. It's Jake. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. Sure don't get that one, though. So it's a little history lesson. One of them, I don't really know which one because I just Googled who invented Labor Day. And one of them is <laughs> is the person <laughs> that's like credited with it. And the other one's like, well, maybe it was this other guy. So that's us this week. Wait, so which one's I don't credited? Even know. I don't know. I don't even know which, if they even knew each other. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Right on. We're celebrating Labor Day, people. Yeah, we're hard at work for you guys. Yeah, they're rolling in their grave. Like, I can't believe these guys are in the old, old podcast minefield that we are in. And But whatever, we go, we got to do it. We got to. And you know, it's been a couple weeks since we've had a, a regular old episode. That's a fact. So, I'm I'm almost healthy again. Like I'm still coughing every once in a while, but that's about yeah. it. Well, Casey's almost healthy. I am back from vacation, and we're we're here to get back in it. So yeah, you you, you got that nice healthy tan from you know being on Lake Michigan. <laughs> yeah, we went we went to to a beach for one day. I'll tell you what, this has nothing to do with my trip. I do have a pretty wicked watch tan line. Oh, dude. I know you can't tell because, uh, yeah, because I'm (laughs) transparent, but that's like the only thing. Every time I think, God, I'm pale, I look at my watch tan line. I'm like, but I could be this all over. Yeah. See, like, dude, just it's fun, too, is like I got I got this tan. I look like I'm wearing a shirt at all times. It's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well. Let's start it off with some trivia. Oh, let's go with the answer from last week's trivia for those that listen. Do you have any idea what the answer was or did you even listen? No, of course I listened, I but I, I didn't know the answer. So in Ibra, Horror of the Deep, the four monsters that were in there were obviously Ibra, Godzilla. It'd be hilarious if he wasn't in it. I was like, ah, threw you guys a, a curveball. It was actually King Kong, um, <laughs> which he was supposed to be. That's just a fun fact. Mothra. Because the people of Infant Island were actually kidnapped and were being used as slaves. So she shows up and she's like, hey, I'm Mothra. I'm going to take care of business. And I was like, oh, this is a terrible decision, you know, because she's just getting wrecked. And then the giant condor in his one appearance. He like hits Godzilla a few times and Godzilla just fucking roasts him and that's it. (laughs) I've seen that clip before. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that was fun trivia. I'm glad I'm glad that you you held down the trivia fort while I was gone, I mean, man. The worst part was, though, is I don't have the password for the YouTube. So I was like, well, I was like, leave us a comment down below. Everyone's like, oh, all thousands of our <laughs> listeners are like, oh, I can't. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right. Well, I just I reached into the trivia box and I, I happened to grab three. So we're going to do three this time. You're like, I happened to grab 40. This is going to be a long episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, first, and and I'll say wait five seconds so that people can maybe think of it on their own. Yeah. True or false, the Nova Centurion is the highest ranking officer in the Nova Corps. That's tough. Because I'm so bad with names, but I love Nova so much. I'm going to say false. False is correct. Can you tell me the highest ranking? 
I mean, Nova Prime would be what I would say would be the highest ranking. Okay. That is correct. It is Nova Prime. I didn't know if that would actually count since like that was when Richard did it. It was like, oh, yeah, you're the last of them. Right. Well, I think that was kind of a special occasion. Yeah. All right. This one's multiple choice. So let me know if you need them. Okay. What member of the Guardians of the Galaxy came from a planet named Half World? Give me them, them options. A. Groot. B. Gamora. Or C. Star. No, I'm just kidding. Rocket Raccoon. Was it Rocket? It was Rocket. Okay. All right. And lastly, another multiple choice. What villainous alien race killed Star-Lord's mother, Meredith? I need those multiple choices because I don't know this one. A, the Badoon. B, the Brood. Or C, the Phalanx. I'm going to say Badoon. It is the Badoon. That was a lucky guess. Nice. You went three for three today. All right. Uh, We don't have any YouTube comments or anything this week. So, because as I said, no YouTube was posted. Yes. yes. It would have been like, oh, it's a giant condor. Like, yeah, you guys fucking nailed it. (laughs) But it just didn't happen. All right. Well, then we'll hop into the news. Not a lot. Not a lot of news. Um, I'll start it off. This I didn't I didn't write down, but it's something I wanted to talk about anyways. So Marvel has this little event happening soon called Gods, right? We've been getting mm-hmm. like a page or whatever in every Marvel book. That's what they say. I'm not buying it though, because it's like when where? <laughs> where was this? Where was this part for this thing? I'm not, you know. Yeah. So what I want to talk about. I think it's going to be three issues. They're $9.99 issues. Right. Now, I'm I'm glad you had that reaction. That's part of what I want to talk about. So, they're 60 pages. And there's not like big diagrams or just info dumps. It's 60 pages of proper story, according to Marvel. Does that make the price point better? Well, let's start with that. Does it make the price point better? No. Okay. Follow up. And here, here's where I'm torn a little bit. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, if you want people to buy into a brand new thing, you got to make it cheap. <laughs> Yeah. On the other hand, we talk all the time about wanting creators to get their bag. If the creators are giving us 60 pages of story, should they then get more money for it? Oh, they should. The The, the problem to me personally is um, 60 pages is too much. 
especially for Hickman. I like Hickman, but it's like, oh, wow, you're going to be reading a you're going to be reading the fucking Hobbit at 60 pages of Hickman with as much as he writes. You know, it's going to be like it's going to be so much. It's going to be such an info dump where you're going to be like, oh, wow. okay. I mean, I really can't recall anything that was said because he went into the backstory of these ancient gods for five pages of just text on text on text. And it's like 60 pages is too much. Just give us a regular, just make it regular size and then release it monthly. You make more money this way. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm inclined to agree with you. Um, I don't know. I wasn't expecting 10 bucks for sure. Five, maybe six because Marvel's been doing that with some stuff here lately. But but at ten bucks, it's like, a, I'm not gonna order that many for my store now. Yeah, <clears throat> and B, I'm personally probably not gonna read it now because yeah. I. It's like okay, you're you're promising like a cool Marvel mythology story involving you know magic and science. Like that sounds cool. Sounds in your alley. Yeah, it does. Uh, but that. I just I don't want to read it. I I read so much for this pod every week. A ten dollar book, man. I just don't know. A ten dollar sixty page Hickman book too, mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, I hope you read my Avengers and Shield and Fantastic Four runs and Secret Wars because I'm bringing it all back together. And you're like, I didn't read those. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure Hickman mega fans are probably loving it. But... Oh, yeah, for sure. But at the same time, I just think you'd be better off just doing it smaller books and releasing it that way, though. Yeah. But hey, let us know down below. Do you think we're wrong? Would you guys want to read a 60-page Hickman book for $10? And here, here's a question for you as a shop owner. Do you like your regulars are you just going to be asking them like hey this this new event book it's 10 bucks are you guys are you interested because i don't want to buy a lot of extra copies or how does that work you know i will do that sometimes but normally i'll do that for something that i'm really on the fence about people caring for yeah i don't see this being one of those things you you think it's still going to do well even at 10 bucks no, I don't think it will. Oh, okay. You don't think they're they're on the opposite side of the fence? Yeah, yeah. I like, gotcha. like, I mean, some people have let me know if they want it, which is great. Um, but yeah, this is going to be one of those minimum order books. I gotcha. And you know, if I if I sell out and there's a ton of demand, then I'll up it for two. But I just don't. I mean, it's just something brand new. People don't know yeah. these characters. It's it's a tough sell. Up, so gonna be introducing a bunch of new characters though that'll be in the movies and they'll be like oh we gotta get the first appearance <laughs> i know right <laughs> that would be my luck <laughs> okay so i'll just mention this you and me watched this trailer beforehand and i've seen it you know, a couple times now the godzilla minus one trailer dropped it's coming out december 1st like i mentioned looks pretty sweet it does that's uh, got them chonky thighs that Jake's just like, hmm. Yep, those thick ass thighs, man. It's like it Jake's does look like, good though. Looks he's hot, but at the same time, I want KFC for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
No, it, it looks good. I, I thought the the teaser we got was cool, and this was just, you know, as it should be, more of that. So it was cool. And the special effects look good. Like that's one of the yeah. things. It's when they do CG in Japan, I'm always like, oh, I hope this works out. You know, like it's they do good with what they have, and it it you know always looks really good. It usually looks honestly since they're they're working within a budget, a smaller budget than what a lot of American studios are. It's like, Oh no, this is just better than what they are. Cause they're, they're, they know their constraints, you know? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, okay. So I saw this news story pop up where all the different comic publishers want like a comic store sales chart to see who is actually selling like the most. Yeah. Which is whatever. Um, But the thing is like, none of them are willing to be the first person to admit how much they're actually selling. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like if, if they want it that bad, someone's just going to have to, you know, go for it. Yeah, I don't think it'll be Marvel or DC, but I don't know. One of the smaller press people can be like, "Yeah, look, this is this is what we sell. We know we're not one of the the top two, and maybe that will coax the others into slowly releasing it." Uh, but there's no way Marvel or DC are going to be the first ones. But why? Why do they want to do that? Any clue? I imagine it's because a lot of them. Um, a lot of them probably well not a lot I'm sure the big two probably say you know we're having a record sales whatever or you know I I know you know Donna DC is selling more than Marvel is right now it's like well this could actually prove that yeah Um, I don't know why because really any time that info like that has come out in the past, Marvel wins. Yep. Um, which is whatever. They put out more books. They, you know, they have, number one all the time, which is as much as we hate it, is very smart strategy. True. Um, also, every 15 issues of Amazing Spider-Man, they claim it's some other fucking you know, anniversary issue and they make it a $10 book. And then that yeah. goes into like, well, you know, ever, no one's going to downsize on amazing Spider-Man. So everyone buys that too. So, you know, I don't know. It is what it is. Like, yeah, it would, it would be nice to see the numbers just because I'm curious, but I just don't know if it's going to happen. I got you. All right. So while I'm on the, the Godzilla side of things, we're getting a new Godzilla game. Nice. Yeah, I mean, kind of. It's titled Godzilla Voxel Wars. It's a single-player strategy puzzle game. You know, okay. what we've all wanted from a Godzilla game for so long. <laughs> it's like, ah, this is a sequel to that old Game Boy Godzilla game Casey used to play when he was a child. <laughs> Uh yeah, I've I've got a I've got some images pulled up. 
Yeah, it doesn't look good. It's like uh, it's like Roblox. It's Godzilla yeah. Roblox. Man, huh. I don't know. Maybe kids will be into it. Kids will be getting into fucking debt like they do with Roblox. I know, right? <laughs> so does that mean you're absolutely not playing it? I mean, I'd play it, but I, as of right now, I've heard it's just on Steam. It's gonna, you know. So I'm like, oh well, guess what? Can't play ya. Oh well. Yeah. And then I'll really quick mention this. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito said, like, this is something he's kind of hinted at that he, before the strike, was in talks to be in the James Gunn verse. And my question to you. Who would he play in your opinion? Who could he play? I because I had some thoughts, like the obvious ones, of course, and I've had some on you know, I think maybe less obvious. Man, from what we know that's coming out, I really can't think of like an obvious one. Well, obvious for me, I mean, like, I think he could be Brainiac. Yeah. I think he'd be a really good Lex, obviously. Like, those are like obvious because it's like, oh yeah, an evil guy maybe bald <laughs> it's like right. oh, yeah he'd be good at that but then i was like you know who else he'd be good at i think martha uh marcia manhunter martha man <laughs> like you martha. said martha i was like Ma Kent. <laughs> yeah he would uh, be a good marcia manhunter yeah and then then another one that i'm like he might actually kill it at, at, at this perry white could be good could but it's be. also like kind of a waste <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Couldn't the same have been said about Lawrence Fishburne? What a waste. It, he was talent. a waste. Yes, because he was amazing. He was awesome. Like, he absolutely killed it for, like, the 20 minutes he had in, <laughs> you know, what, 10 hours of movie? Yeah. Like, between the three of them? Yep. Oh, well. Yeah, I, uh, there's there's no answer I can come up with that's better than any of those you said. Well, let's know down below. Who do you want him to be? Are you like, oh, he should be Bibbo? I'd be like, that's a weird choice. You're like, no, no, super boy. Let's go this route. <laughs> super boy. <laughs> Ma Kent. There I, we go. You know, why not? Ma and Pa Kent at the same time <laughs> showing his acting chops. <laughs> you want to do your last one? Yeah. So the video games may be joining this strike i saw so that's interesting um i mean i wonder how much that would affect anything because it's just it'd just be the writing side right and probably the voice actors which i wonder how like i mean it wouldn't be the the programmers or stuff like i don't know how far stuff is done in advance you know and how that works at all yeah yeah, I mean, there was some controversy around uh, when Bayonetta came out last year, or maybe the the early early twenty twenty three. But the gal that had voiced Bayonetta in everything up to that point, um, she she called for a boycott because she wasn't doing the game because I guess they offered her like an insulting wage to do that game. And uh, I don't know if the boycott actually hurt them very much because, you know, it's essentially a Nintendo game, right? 
Um, I don't know. Is it? Because I thought that was just one of those games that Smash Brothers got because. Oh, maybe. I mean, I I clearly don't know shit about Bayonetta. Either way, uh, you know, she didn't think she was getting a fair wage. So she said no, and they casted somebody else to do it. So I think it would make sense if, if it were about the voice actors, too. Yeah. Okay. My last bit piggybacking off of my last thing about the sales chart. Um, I found the top 10 best-selling single issues during the month of August. So I thought I'd just list them off. Nice. Okay. Number 10 was X-Men, the Hellfire Gala. It was a $9 book. So uh, number nine was a night terrors first blood that was a six dollar book number eight was night terrors number one four dollar book uh number seven made me pretty happy incredible hulk two it was a four dollar book number six was daredevil 13 at four dollars Number five kind of surprised me. X-Men 24. $4 book. Um, Number four. Ultimate Invasion number two. Also a bit surprising. I just, I didn't know that that was selling as well as it was. Yeah. Guess people do give a shit about the Ultimates universe. Maybe it's like, maybe it's like one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, the people that grew up reading it are now older and they're like, oh, this is actually so good. Right. Although I've heard it's not. <laughs> yeah. I hear it like I heard it started strong. I'll say that. And then then uh I think Jeff Loeb took over and he did some wonky shit. I think a lot of people did some wonky shit. Yeah. That one was also a six dollar book. Uh number three and number two are the two issues of Amazing Spider-Man that came out that month. Like for a book that's someone that everyone complains about, like it just seems like everyone hates it. it, still sells like hotcakes. Of course, and the people making those complaints are are also buying it for sure. Yeah, and the number one, Night Terrors, Batman number one. Wow, that's one I didn't buy too. Yeah, and that's a five dollar book. So. I don't know if you noticed a little trend. Comics are going up, man. Mm-hmm. And I know they have been for a little while, but you know, $6 for some of this, it's like, it's not, it's not that good. It does not no. warrant $6. Not at all. Especially when truly like a third of it is just advertisements. Right. Advertisements. And then like, what was really bad was when we were having to pay like four to five bucks for like Marvel books that were like printed on like cheap ass paper. And it's like, guys, if you're going to make us pay this much, make it on good quality stuff. And you can make an excuse, but like lower the price if you're making this excuse. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It was essentially one ply toilet paper that that should have been one to two bucks. Yeah. Yeah. But what books did you read this week, bud? I read 
And I may be missing one if you mention it. All right. Uh, I didn't get to read everything I wanted to because I got back just a couple days ago. But I got through Superboy, number five, Conan, the Barbarian, two. Was Incredible Hulk three this week or last week? Yes. Okay, that one. The Hunger and the Dusk, number two. And Blade, number two. Okay. Wow. You didn't do uh, the final Night Terrors? I mean, I just didn't get to it yet. Oh, wow. I've, st- I've still got four books sitting over there that I didn't get to. I gotcha. So I got to move some stuff around because I had those. I had a couple like, like, oh, Jake for sure read this one type of thing. Uh, so I got The Plot Holes by uh, Sean Murphy, issue one. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus Street Fighters. Uh, issue three, Godzilla Rivals, Space Godzilla. They don't ever fight. Just spoiler alert. It says versus Space Godzilla. Never even see each other. Uh, Doomsday Special, number one. Night Terrors, Night's End, number one. Blade, number two. Superboy, number five. And Hulk, number three. You definitely have more than me. Yep. So I'm going to start with, I'm going to start filling this uh, old uh, hole of mine, this plot hole. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Okay. So this is by Sean Gordon Murphy. Uh, He does the art too. It's a lot of fun. Like, I'd recommend this book to you, Jake. I think you'd like it. Um, Yeah. So all these like failed comic book characters are a team and they're basically just like, oh, this book sucks for this reason. We are going to change this and then it'll do well. And then, then, you know, that keeps their universe up. And so this new, they get this, one of their guys dies. So they just get a new guy to be their person. They get, you know, just different stuff. It's, it's a neat, really neat world. I liked it a lot. The one thing that I was like, ah, don't really care much for this was there's this one guy. He's like an old cartoon strip character and he's like old as shit now. But he's like saying stuff that's like, oh, stuff like right wing, um, like current right wing, maybe boomer stuff where it's like, oh, yeah, this isn't something from someone from the, that would be like taken out of the 30s would say like they would be calling someone a um, oh, let's try to find it kind of like a, a beta male, like no one from the 30s calls anyone a beta male ever. So like it. Like stuff like that just didn't work for me, but otherwise it was it was really fun. I liked it a lot. I'm gonna go a nine. This was a fun, interesting like, and it's like to me anyway. It's a creative thing. It's not just the same old shit. So I I liked it. Yeah, I'm glad it was good. And then I'll just jump on in. The Turtles versus Street Fighters. This is by Paul Elor and Ariel Medell. I've not got to talk about this book yet because like every time it's either like the books are late or I was sick or some other reasons. Like I didn't get to talk about the book, you know? And so now I'm finally getting to talk about it. And this book is a lot of fun. As someone that grew up playing street fighter, a good bit, I sucked at it though. So don't even try to play me. I would just lose and always like the turtles. This is like just a good fun time. They're, they're now working together. So they're not really fighting each other anymore. But, you know, it ends with Shredder popping up. It's just fun. Like, I would recommend it. The one downside that I didn't really notice at the time, but I'm noticing now, and this is like with a lot of IDW books. So 
I'll show you. This much here is the story. This much here is the advertisements. <laughs> yep. Which it's like, it's better, I guess, than Marvel because it's not popping up constantly throughout. But still, it's like, holy crap, half this book. Half is advertisements for other stories. I'm surprised it wasn't third story, third advertisement, third preview of something else. Yeah. That's another trend I'm quickly getting over. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for that, I am gonna go probably an eight. It's enjoyable. It's not like mind-blowingly good, but it's it's really fun, especially as someone that's like like me, where I'm I after like the last Ronin really just rewoken my love for the turtles. And so now I'm reading a lot more turtle related stuff. And this is just a fun book for me to hop into. Nice. All right. I will start with The Hunger and the Dusk, number two. It's written by G. Willow Wilson and art by Chris Wildgoose. Uh, Cliff Chang did this particular variant, which I thought was really cool. Oh, that is cool. Um, yeah, uh, it, you know, I thought the first issue was really strong and this really continues it. Uh, you get fun, uh, you know, fantasy creatures, the orcs and the humans are fighting these weird dusk creatures that are really just pretty creepy looking. Um, yeah, good character development, character moments. I like the world, like the world building's really good. And uh, I'm really starting to like uh, the main characters that have been introduced. So um, it ended on a bit of a cliffhanger. Looking forward to what happens next. I give it a 9 out of 10. Right on, dude. Okay, so I'm going to go with Godzilla Rivals versus Space Godzilla. And this is written and drawn by Matt Frank. Um, I'm really hit and miss with Matt Frank. It's like, I'll I'll show you some of his positives and then I'll show you stuff that I don't like. But it's like, I'll show you like, there, there's one splash. Okay, this splash page, super freaking rad. Like just awesome. But then like, I don't know, anytime, like he's got the, he just draws the blandest humanoid creatures. It's just like, oh, wow. That probably had to create, you know, like probably took you a total of five seconds to come up with this designs. And like, same with the, all of the the structures and stuff it's like oh yeah your buildings are bland your people are bland the coolest looking thing is the thing you didn't design (laughs) and so it's like if that tells you like as far as his creativity goes um the story sucks (laughs) but here's another really cool splash page oh man that's incredible yeah it's awesome but the story itself, it's like it's they're trying to do like, oh yeah, the it the none of them are talking like you can't understand anything they're saying. So it's all like this that you know, this translation of this piece of rock, basically. And they're trying to stop the thing. And it's just kind of like a bunch of nonsense. It's not like it's just not good. It's a hundred percent you're paying for the art. So like the space Godzilla stuff looks cool. The monster fight looks cool because there's a little brief monster fight here and it looks cool. But then there's also shit where it's like, oh, cool. There's this uprising going on. Do I understand what's really going on? No, not really. Is it well thought out? No, not really. (laughs) But 
yeah, it's just kind of just very much mediocre. And it's about like I had low expectations because I used to follow Matt Frank on things. And I'm like, I, I know about his creativity level. And it met my expectations pretty low. I'm going to go five out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've just got one apart from you, Cheese. Okay. So then I'll talk about the Doomsday special really quick. This is by Jake. Probably, I'm going to say one of your fastest favorite writers currently. And Dan, Dan Waters. Waters. Yeah. And artist Eddie Barrows and Eber Ferreira on the art. And so, yeah, it's like Supergirl has a nightmare about Doomsday that felt more real. And it turns out this connects to that one Lazarus planet thing where like the Doomsday's hate or whatever was, you know, it was that story. It connects back to that. Marsh Manor was like, yeah, I had this thing and I couldn't understand it because it was in Kryptonian. So I had to pass it on to someone else. I didn't want to pass it on to Superman since, you know, he got killed by Doomsday. And it's probably a sore subject for him. And Supergirl's like, yeah, I get that. And so then they ha- they go to hell, basically, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. And all of the demons in hell start believing that Doomsday should be the ruler instead. And like that belief is like powering shit and all this type of thing. And like that power is going to give Doomsday more, you know, more power and stuff because having the belief in something is what gives it power. And it's all a bunch of interesting ideas. It's just kind of, for me, the execution that doesn't a hundred percent work for me at the end but i still really really like it i mean it was still really interesting i'm interested in seeing where it goes i love doomsday so i'm just kind of a sucker and then the backup story it's the kid that was in that other that story that you know ended up taking doomsday to hell and it's a bloodwind story do you remember bloodwind of course i do okay because like when this dude had his connection to doomsday i'm just gonna spoil the whole thing basically when the dude has connection to doomsday he also had a connection to mark he gained this connection to martian manhunter so he's like he martian manhunter has gone by many different names including this one he transforms into bloodwind and beats the shit out of this demon <laughs> dude bloodwind had such a rad costume he did dude when i was a kid and i was reading the death of superman I was like, who the hell is this guy? Where did he go? Because he's so cool looking. <laughs> I know, he's in like 14 issues total. <laughs> like, did he, did Marsh Manhunter just kind of like get his brain back? And he's like, oh yeah, I'm a Martian. Is that what happened basically? Or, I, oh, I no truly idea? don't know, yeah. Okay. But the backup story is by Dan Waters and Max Rayner. And so yeah, that this new guy is going to be just basically the new Bloodwind. And it's pretty sweet. And it's going to be continued as a backup story in action. So like Bloodwind's just going through the different rings of hell and he's like tricking these demons into trying like taking him basically to the next ring and then he beats the demon up and then he just goes to the next one does the same thing again. So I'm going to have to read that cuz I I want to read those backups. Yeah, well I figured I figured you were going to you you picked this book up cuz it was Dan Waters. Like as soon as I saw that name I'm like oh yeah, Jake got this for sure. Is his name on the cover though? It says Waters. Oh, okay. I got to sit and see it. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's it's solid. Like I said, some of the execution doesn't really work, but the Bloodwind had me so fucking hyped. Uh, I'm going to go 8 out of eight out of 10. I almost said 8 out of 5. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. So 8 <laughs> out of 10. All right. Conan the Barbarian 2. And it's written by Jim Zub. With art by Rob Delator. 
I always like it when books do this. It says writer Grim Jim Zub and Ravaging Rob De La Torre. It's always yeah, fun it when they fun. do that. Uh, but yeah, this is cool. Again, I really like the artwork. It feels very much like a Joe Kubert book or something like that. Uh, spoiler alert. Conan totally bangs this chick that's traveling with him to, uh, you know, stop the army. Guess they had to get some tension out or something. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's, there's only one way to stop this army by bumping uglies. Yeah, and she's like, "Well, if you insist." Yeah, you know they they never they never really think about it too long when it comes to Conan, right? Uh, but yeah, the action's really good. I love watching him just hack apart this undead <laughs> army. It's so cool. I love watching him just banging this bra. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's not much to it. That's really all there is. And then at the end, they find some like evil spire where presumably the army of the dead's getting made. Uh, so yeah, it was cool. I liked it a lot. Also, I got this sick ass retro variant. Oh, dude, that's dope. Yeah. So. Yeah, looks like an old uh, old painted Conan cover, like some Frazetta shit, maybe. But yeah, I like it a lot. I'm going to go 8 out of 10. Right on. Okay, so Night's Terror, Night's End by Joshua Williamson and art by Howard Porter, Giuseppe Camicoli, and uh, or Stephanie Nessie and Trevor Harrison. And I'm just going to say really quick, this is one of the funniest things to me. It's like, dark crisis me and jake started reading because jake you know got me into it and then like i kept reading and he just didn't finish it and then uh i don't remember there's another one where same thing and like now this time jake's like here you go here's night terrors number one and now it's like doing this myself again but i am reading it i know i just wanted to tease you (laughs) and the other um, one was infinite frontier and i stopped i just didn't think it was very good yeah but uh, so I have some problems with this. I mean, the the, fir- the major one being Howard Porter's art. I like Howard Porter and Flash, but in this, it's just like this throughout the whole book, and I'm just not. I am not feeling it. And it, like he is the main like artist when he was on uh, when he was on that Batman stint either. But I did. Yeah. So. Just didn't do it for me that way. And then, this, like, I don't know. Like, this is just so sloppy looking. This isn't spoiling anything, but it just does not look good to me. The detective chimp is pretty rough. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Better than anything I could do. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it doesn't really do much for me. There's some stuff that I like, but the story itself is just, I don't know. It just seems like it's just setting stuff up. I do like the ending, you know, even though I can't really say too much because I don't want to spoil anything for you. But like something major happens to a character. But then at the same time, I know, well, guess what? This isn't permanent because this is a main comic. Not going to stick. So it doesn't really matter, even though I thought it was nice. Um, Yeah, it's it's good. Oh, we get I'll I will say this. I guess we get introduced to a character like the first introduction to this new character who might have been 
pre-introduced, like as a shadowy figure introducing something else, but now he's got the, a couple of different things and his name is Dr. Hate, which is pretty cool. I'll show you his picture. Oh, it's fate? It's hate. Right, but he looks like fate. Yeah, he looks like it, but it's not. It's completely different. He hates it. He's not, you know, he doesn't have any good fate. He's just hating it. So it's not like a corrupted Dr. Fate or anything like I'm that? I'm not going to say anything at all what he is. Maybe he's just a robot. I don't know. But there's a there's a theory. Once you see, once you read the different stuff, and as someone that's been reading uh, Green Arrow, even though that's been like kind of had a weird schedule, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it has been. Because, uh, but someone online was like, I think it could be Green Arrow. And like, I haven't been reading Green Arrow, but like, it might be because if Joshua Williamson's introducing him and he's writing Green Arrow, and like they said that there's like a, there's multiple green, like there's like a future Green Arrow that's kind of like a weirdo. It's like, it could be that one. And I'm like, well, maybe. I don't know. You know, it's like the one connecting is it being Joshua Williamson writing both. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, whatever. I trust. I trust him. I yeah. trust him. Like the, but this, I don't know. For me, it's probably a six. It's perfectly adequate, but the art wasn't like the main art for all the action scenes was Howard Porter, and I'm like, Oof. you know. But and the story itself, I don't know. It was just so like it was just like yeah, you guys put a lot of effort into this thing for something that I'm most like not super sold on still. All right. Well, uh, what order do you want to do these? Uh, you just want to do Blade, Superboy, Hulk? Yeah. All right. Blade number two. And it's written by Brian Hill with pencils by Elena Casagrande. Dude, I, I really do dig this book a lot. Same. It's a lot of fun. The art's so good, too. Yeah. Crazy good. Oh, that fucking explains it. Jordy Belair does the colors. I was about to say, like, oh, I wonder who does these colors. Like, oh, that explains why it's good. Does Jordy Belair sleep is my question. I don't know. But, dude, book is so cool. The world building in this is super cool. They they got so much stuff going on. Like, that's one thing I kind of... Like one thing that I kind of don't like, it's kind of like a video game where it's like, okay, we got the main quest. And then he's like, oh, my friend's kidnapped. We got to take care of the side quest now. It's like, Blade, I think this is only six issues. You got to hurry. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. <laughs> I get that. Um, but yeah, like, like you said, the world building is cool. I think the characters are equally as cool. Um. I don't know. And then, and you know, Casa Grande just knows how to do action scenes, in my opinion. Yep. Like this, this is just like a summer blockbuster in each issue. And I love that. Um, I mean, if you've never read Blade before and want to get into them, or you like Blade and, and haven't read this, you absolutely should be. I agree. I guess someone that's like, I'm very much a Blade noob. This is a this is a great jumping on point. Yeah, I've it's always been blade curious and <laughs> blade curious. Yeah, <laughs> now I'm now I'm less, but um, I'd say I'm at a nine on that. I like it a lot. Yep. 
Same. Okay, so Superboy, the Man of Tomorrow, issue five. And this is by Kenny Porter and Janoy Lindsay on the art. And that's enjoyable. What do you think? I liked it a lot. Also, I feel like the art just gets better every issue, man. Yeah. The art's fucking stellar in this. The art's good. There's some fun moments. Like, just cool if, like, Superboy doing cool, smart stuff. Like, when he gets punched in the face, it's, like, such an anime moment where he doesn't move. But then, like, his, you know, thought process was fun when the way that was written. So, I liked, I liked a lot of it. I do think the bad guy, it's, like, Okay, there's a level like there, there's levels to it. Like your your reasoning to be such a douchebag, it doesn't really add up to me. Like that's like the one knock to this book storytelling, in my opinion, where it's like when you have friends that have gone through the same thing and they're just not as much a piece of shit as you. And like, you know, like his justification for being such a piece of shit, it just doesn't doesn't work when the rest of his squad is like, dude, what the hell are you doing? You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm right there with you. And not not just that, but they're also like kind of questioning it sometimes. Yeah. So, but I like it. I think it's a really solid book. And it, every time I read it, it makes me want to go back and read the '90s to early 2000s Superboy comics. Yeah, same. I know. I I don't think I've ever read a single issue of that stuff. So Walden Books used to have some when I was a kid. So I read a few, and that's that's it though. Did you uh did you get the first appearance of King Shark? No, there's no way I have that one. Because uh that that's the series for some reason that he first appears in. Yeah. I mean if if I did, it would be ruined. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it's like uh it's like an eight or an eight five for me. Yeah, I'm feeling an eight for it. Okay, and lastly, we've got Incredible Hulk number three, and it's uh, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with art by Nick Klein. And much like the first two, I thought this was awesome. He fights this big old, you know, brother deep monster. Uh, I like his interactions with uh, the girl, Charlie. It's just cool, man. I just think it's a cool, cool book. Yeah, no, I agree. The, my my main knock is as someone that's that read um, Immortal Hulk. <laughs> no, like the big thing that annoys me, and this is something I kind of mentioned earlier, where like stuff just goes back to the status quo. Hulk is the like is one of the worst ones about that. Like I did not like Immortal Hulk, but they did a lot of stuff where they changed stuff and like Banner and Hulk good terms donny cates is like no and then and then bill kenny johnson's like ah we're gonna say no so it's just like okay i guess i didn't need to read those 50 issues yeah (laughs) i think it's i think it's really hard it would be really hard to write hulk within the last couple of years and even now, because each run is so vastly different from the one that came before it. And they just they, like, they mildly ignore each other. Right. It's each of them want to take Hulk in a fresh new direction. 
um but none none of it coincides with each other so i don't know i just if they came to me right now we're like jake you want to write the next hulk series it'd be like well shit like how how do you tie in everything yeah it'd it'd just be too crazy right now yeah and because i mean and i love i love phil kenny johnson but this doesn't like it's just like hulk going like oh i'm gonna get rid of banner it's like oh okay we've never seen this before it's like except for every other time it happens you know like don't get me wrong i do enjoy the monster aspects and i enjoy the zombie stuff i think that's super cool and this hulk with it being like all wrapped up in uh banner's brain it's like oh yeah this is all some neat neat shit but it's also you know i think i think it could have been cooler if it was more like banner and hulk working together and like trying doing like a new type of like banner hulk hybrid type thing doing that again but doing it a little bit differently where he's still on the run or something like that where it's like this type of thing would be better than just the same old like i don't like banner banner's like oh i don't know what to do about this hulk you know that type of stuff so well again i'll i'll give my defense like i have all the other times this has come up i haven't read all these years of hulk yeah this is new for me so yeah and i mean because that's that's that is one thing i i gave a lot of shit to the uh, immortal hulk and i'm gonna say rightfully so but he did a lot for the hulk stuff and like to see it kind of get ignored i'm like i'm like it's kind of like ignoring um peter david like with his hulk run it's kind of the same thing like peter david did a lot of like lower building and then if you just go no none of that it's kind of like oh Oh, bothers me. Okay. Well, for me, it's a nine, and it was my pick of the week. For me, it's a seven. I like it, but yeah, it's just there's there's just a lot that kind of just bothers me. Will I pick up every issue? Yeah. I mean, Will it's I better than Immortal, pick- right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm so like I'm enjoying it more, but it does like. Okay, I'm gonna relate it to being abused in a relationship. It's like yeah, you get out of this shitty relationship, and then like this new one, it's doing things that are like good, but you're like, I don't know if I like this. It's like, oh, they're bringing me flowers and chocolate in bed. Are they trying to make me fat? I'm allergic to those flowers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what are but you my, excited for next? My week? pick of the week, those plot holes, by the way. Oh, plot holes, yeah. I, I need to give that a shot. But I'm excited about, I'm going to say the Ghost Rider tie-in, like Wolverine thing, because that's a lot of fun. Fantastic Four and Godzilla. I need, I didn't put that on the list, so I'm going to do that really quick. But it's not like you were like, um, oh, no, Casey's dropping Godzilla pirate book. I don't think right. that's a thing you'd have to worry about. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with birds of prey number one um probably moon knight and then the second issue of sacrificers but there there's like a good handful of stuff i'm pretty excited for good dude okay so i had a thing written down for the fantastic four but i forgot the reasoning behind it so i'm gonna say a couple of something stupid this last week um the uh, farm progress show happened which i don't know if you know what that is but it's basically a comic book convention but for farmers so 
had we been able to talk about this the last week, what would have been like four different cosplay ideas for Casey to have cosplayed at, at the Farm Progress show? <laughs> Are you wanting like characters or farmer just, types? Just make up something. Just like make up characters, make up. Yeah, you could do whatever. Get as um, weird as you want. Okay, well, the first one would be. I, I forget the name of it. But it's that classic, like, man and woman with the pitchfork photo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The man. I got you. Or the woman. Who cares? Either one. Um, Maybe I'll be both. Maybe I'll be both. My face I'll paint as the barn, and then I'd have, like, their heads on each shoulder. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) I think it would also be hilarious if you just did, like, a full-blown Amish cosplay. I think nice. uh, I think you could rock some Amish yeah. clothes, uh, and you could probably get some because Arthur's not that far away. And no, not is, at all. It's got a lot of Amish people. Um, and then on the flip side, just like, just like the total fucking redneck farmers that, that are around our hometown, but like, like the trashy kind. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know are there like is there like a style or something that's like like frat boy farmer is that like a thing probably but I wouldn't know about it okay well then I'll say my dad's anime farmer so he is anime farmer I think it'd be funny if you were to ride like do a full day in your combine dressed as marvel's scorpion dressed as a farmer i i love that yeah but but actually jake i'm never actually in the combine that's dad's job i'm driving the auger cart (laughs) (laughs) okay but uh an idea i had would be um i would be like so i don't know if you know this but the people that buy like that get prostitutes are called johns so I would look like someone that's trying to buy a prostitute, but then I'd have antlers. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, I was also funny. thinking, like, how cool would it be if just to be like a transformer, but that would transform into a tractor? It's like, <laughs> I, I, I want to know what that character's name would be. Because, you know, they've got Starscream and cool shit like that. What would the tractor one be? Picker. <laughs> Picker. <laughs> um, and then Pocket. That was another idea. That one's just a little bit easy. And then, like, how funny would it be if I was just, like, something so outrageous where I'm like, yeah, I'm cosplaying as Hammerhead. You know, the Spider-Man villain. <laughs> I, I feel like you'd get a few looks at the farm progress. I just go like I just like run head first into different implements and I'm like <laughs> Adamantium, baby. You're like, what's that? You're like, you're bleeding, dude. <laughs> All right. I think that is the end of the episode. So closing plugs time. Uh, head on over to facebook.com slash two worlds podcast and give the page a like. You can also find us on Twitter at two underscore worlds underscore PC. 
and on Instagram at Two Worlds Pod. You can email us at Two Worlds Podcast at gmail.com. And if you would, please go to our YouTube channel. It's Two Worlds Podcast on YouTube and subscribe to the channel and maybe like like the video that we post. That would be cool. Yeah. And, you know, just let us know your different thoughts on the different stuff that we've said so far. Do you think the minus one Godzilla trailer looks cool? Do you think Jake's mustache is still going strong? Because I do. Um, are you, you going like to go it see... or do you hate it? I love it, man. I think you look. I think you honestly look like a golfer. Um, love that. Um, do you want to know what Jake's hat is? Because I'm kind of curious. I I'm assuming I have like two guesses, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. It's for one of the the pro gamers that you like. No, it's a um, race car. Yes. Okay. I knew it was one you of the one or the other. It's really. uh, it's the logo for Alfa Romeo. Oh, okay. See, I couldn't point out an Alfa Romeo if my life depended on it. Yes, honest. you could. They're the only cars on the road that have the triangle grills. Still, dude, I wouldn't have been able to like, oh, that's Alfa Romeo. I wouldn't have known. Like, okay. I don't, I don't. Don't watch Top Gear like that, bud. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, but yeah. And oh, are you guys going to go see I Like Snaps in concert this weekend? Because they're playing at Pops. I hope to go. Nice. Maybe you'll see me there. Uh, but we'd love to stay in chat. But we've got to make a holiday so people don't work or our wives will give birth. I'm not sure what Labor Day is about. Bye, guys. Bye.